Hey, and welcome to Real Live Talk. Thank you so much for taking the time to catch this episode. My name is Duke Lamastra. I'm your host. Really appreciate you being here. If you haven't already subscribed, if you get anything out of this episode, if you'd consider subscribing, maybe sharing it with someone you think could benefit from listening as well. And if you feel so inclined to leave a review, that would be amazing. So thank you so much in advance. My guest for today is Joe Wicks. Joe and I go way back uh, to college. We met at Elam Bible Institute and college. He's an awesome guy, an awesome man of God, making a huge impact on the world and in his community. He works in government relations and economic development. He's also an entrepreneur and businessman, has an amazing wife and four amazing kids. And uh, we just had an awesome conversation here. We talked a little bit about kingdom mindedness in business and the importance of using whatever position or vocation you have in life to serve people, using your platform and whatever influence that you have to bring value into the lives of people. We also talked about stepping outside of your comfort zone and regularly pursuing things in life that don't necessarily come easy for you, but they're designed to help you grow. Uh, We talked about a bunch of things, so (laughs) I'm going to keep going on about it. I believe that there's value here for just about anybody. So thank you again so much for being here. And now I really hope that you enjoy this conversation with my buddy, Joe Wicks. Hey, Joe Wicks. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. As you can see, I'm uh, with child here. <laughs> I see, buddy. I see. Well, I, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate your time. I've actually I've been wanting to uh, have this conversation with you for a while. So yeah, I'm, cool. uh, I'm knocking my microphone around. I'm pumped that you're here, man. This is our first conversation in a number of years. So yeah. you can do the Cliff Notes version or whatever. But what have you been up to, man, since Elam? Bro, crazy talk. So I uh, graduated from Elam. Um Went down to Regent, got my MBA. Um, and I always knew I was coming back. I was very in a very serious relationship with Jesse Camp. You know, you maybe remember her from Elam. I um, sure so do. We, we got we got engaged um, when I got back, <laughs> and then um, I moved out about an hour east of Syracuse to where she grew up, and got involved with her church. We got married. Uh, we had kids right away. I uh, had a job in finance, but with the with the um, market going down in 08, 09, got laid off. Lady at my church hired me at this um, kind of like a government relations policy focused job that you know just was at the time. I just took what I could get. I could get. I ended up loving it. I uh, love working with the government and being involved with that. Did that for eight years, and then started looking for something else and found kind of a dream job of mine about three and a half years ago. I'm doing um, economic development, community development work in Oneida and Herkimer County in the Utica metro area uh, with some a little bit of government relations. And I've been doing that three and a half years. And I, I really absolutely love it. It's, 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 um, it's a dream job, really, as it's been fun, um, challenging, but uh, it's been great. So, you know, along the way, four kids, four and no more. That's my policy. So we're <laughs> 12, nine, four and two. First was a surprise. Last was a surprise. And, uh, and here we are. Um, <laughs> so, you know, lots of other things along the way. But, you know, Jess and I uh, just celebrated 13 years of marriage. And, uh, you know, super happy with... Uh, the way the Lord's led us, that, you know, how he opens and closes doors. And, uh, and, you know, I'm always wondering what's next, but 
I don't want to get ahead of myself. That's awesome, bro. That's, I, that's um, the Cliff Notes version. Yeah, no, I, that that's great. I appreciate the update because, like, it's just been a long time. So, yeah, me and my yeah. wife and I this year, we celebrated 13 years as well. Awesome. And um, that's awesome, man. Congrats on, on, the, on the kiddos and all of that. My oldest is 10. And uh, we're actually, I don't know if you, if you knew this or not, we're, ex we're expecting our third. Oh, good. So congratulations. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty crazy. Glad it's not us. <laughs> <laughs> so four and no more. Was that something? Well, you said the, the first and the, and the, and the last were surprises. Yep. So yep. I'm assuming, was that something that you, did you think about that ahead of time? Like was four kids? Uh, we like, had talked about it. Wanted? Did you want to talk? We talked about it in generalities. Long time ago, we were gonna. We had uh, our first was a horrible sleeper. Um, second was a great sleeper. So you think, oh, okay, I could do one more. And we did. We had our first boy was number three, and it was hellish. Uh, so we're like, all right, we're done. And then we had another one accidentally, and now we're really done. You know how that is involved. So um, yeah. excited. You know when we committed to. You know, having having that season end, we were, you know, excited about raising our kids, not just having kids, but raising our kids, you know, doing stuff with them, you know, as a family and um, getting out of the diaper stage and saving some money, you know, investing in, in crypto, of course. And, uh, of course. <laughs> and uh, you know, we were we had a lot of talks about it, but it was just the right time for us. We prayed about it and felt you know pretty strongly about it so here we are that's awesome man um so like i don't know if you'd remember this or not but yeah. i i owe you like i i owe you um I, i'm trying i'm trying to put this into words like i went to elam um partially because of you so <laughs> <laughs> so i don't even know if you would know this or not so i um so like I I came to visit Elam like as a senior in high school. I came to visit Elam and you were a freshman at the time and like you brought me around on a tour. Really? Like before I even went to Elam. Yeah. And so again, like I didn't even I didn't expect you to remember that, but like I went up because somehow I missed discovery days and all that, like the time when when a whole bunch of like, you know, high school kids go yeah. to Elam and kind of check it out for a weekend or what or a couple days whatever it is uh, i missed all that and so i went up just like we just set it up we went up uh, for a couple of days like i had my mom with me and two of my friends <laughs> and it was like we just went up for a few days and we were checking out the campus it was definitely winter time like it was there's definitely snow and i just remember you were sort of like our tour guide and you brought us around and you showed us stuff and i remember just kind of asking you some questions about about elam and why you were there and i was kind of like at the time battling in my mind um because i had this feeling just like this sense that like god wanted me to be there but like i didn't really want to be there sure. and like kind of walking around the campus and seeing stuff i was like i do not want to be here but then but like as i was there like god gave me such a piece about it and i and i knew like God's calling me to be here. Like God's calling me to go here. It's, it's, it's not even this thing where like, I super want to be here. Uh, but there was definitely this thing on the inside of me, just this knowing that it was, 
where God wanted me to be. And uh, so I owe, I owe at least like a good portion of that to you for being an awesome tour guide and That's for, so like, funny. Taking, taking, taking the time and doing that. Uh, but yeah, man. So uh, you were like my first connection, legitimately my first connection to Elam. Cool. I, I, no offense. I do not remember that at all. <laughs> I didn't expect you to remember that. It was like super <laughs> obscure. And like, I don't even know why they chose a freshman to do that rather than like someone who is more like upper class. Yeah. Um, I mean, I well, that know, was I have, interesting too. I have great but, people skills. So yeah, I for sure. <laughs> that was, that, that was, uh, I'm sure I'm, I'm legitimately sure that that's why, that that's why, uh, I'm totally chose kidding. All the I know, Jersey I know you're kidding, all but the I'm Jersey. not kidding. All the Jersey guys have the same testimony. I didn't want to be there, but I knew I was supposed to be there. You know, God was making me. <laughs> yeah, there's something about it. See, because I think what it is, is people from New Jersey are super cool. Yeah. <laughs> but but we're but we also like to obey God. So, yes, so that's yes, what I yes. that's what I that's what I get out of that. That totally but, makes sense. But yeah, dude, so tell me a little bit more about uh the government relations. Is is that like what what does that look like? Do you do um I imagine you do like a lot. You have a lot of community involvement and stuff like that. Like, what exactly does well, like I said, what does that look like? Yeah, when I when I got that job, um, again in '09, you know, getting laid off, and uh, Jesse was due with our first child within a couple months of me getting laid off. So I was kind of, you know, freaking out, um, having a kid on the way and no job. Mm. And at the time, because the market was crashing, no one was hiring. There was no jobs available. And I had, you know, um, only been working for two years professionally. So I didn't really have any resume to speak of. And I was semi-new to the area, so I didn't know a lot of people. Um, had only been living out here for three years. So, um, so this lady hired me. Um, I only had had two interviews. And over the couple months and this and the other one i was the second candidate to last candidate and they didn't get it so this lady hired me based on my involvement at my church she knew i like to organize things and be around people and she hired me totally based on that um mm -hmm. uh and obviously you know she must have been listening to the holy spirit but um you know it was really a job i didn't want i didn't understand it was revolved around tobacco prevention policy um and so it was a state department of health um grant uh through a nonprofit organization i didn't really understand the position but when i got there um you know it was at first it was focused on youth and kind of like a dare program you know youth outreach and you and having youth speak to government officials about the harms of tobacco exposure. Now, personally, you know, I don't really care about tobacco. I, you know, I don't want it around me, but I don't, if, I, if, I, if other people want to do it, you know, whatever. Uh -huh. But in the position, um, I got exposure to working with all the government officials and I really like connecting with them and, um, and meeting with them. And so um, it led to some open doors right away. And I ended up running for um, town board a couple of years after that job. And I got involved at the committee level in my, in my county. And um, so now I'm in my second term uh, on the town board and I really enjoy it. It's pretty low key, um, but I like being involved. And, um, you know, and, and that, I think that's helped me 
um, in my current position as well with the with the government uh, relations and with meeting people at that level and understanding some of the issues and concerns they have. Um, you know, because a lot of the, if you think about government officials uh, and their role, obviously it's a high stress job. They don't get to see their families a lot and they don't really have a lot of true friends. Everybody really wants someone is always asking them for something and there's no one coming alongside mm. them and offering and giving something. Well, wow. so, you know, when I was going through the process and, and as a job, um, you know, I saw that there's, there's an opportunity for ministry there um, just to listen to, to kind of like in almost like a pastoral role, role or more like a life coach or counseling role. You know, if you get a chance to meet with government officials, um, when you offer, what can I do for you? They're, they're always taken aback and shocked because they're always used to everyone coming to them and asking for, you know, what they can do for me. And so it was, it was interesting. I learned a lot and um, it's been, it's been fun. I've really enjoyed it. I love, you know, everybody usually hates the government and obviously government has its issues. <laughs> uh, understatement of the year. But I really like it. Um, I like learning about it, and it's been fun for me. That's awesome, man. I I love that. I love that perspective, and I love the heart in that of, like, what can I do for you? Um, you know, in a in a world like you said, where they're always expecting people to trying to be get you know, trying to get something out of them. And I love that. Like, I love the, I love the kingdom, you know, mindedness and the kingdom perspective in that of like, you know, coming alongside and, and using the position that we have as a means to, you know, whatever it is, whether we're talking about government or, or business or whatever, whatever yeah. it is, whatever position, vocation, whatever we have in life to use it as a way to serve and for that to be, you know, the perspective. Like if we look at the job description, for example, of somebody who's in government, who's in the political arena, like the job description would be, would be that like a, a public servant, you know, yeah. but, but so often, you know, we find, we find people, we find ourselves, you know, using our position to try to vie for a greater position to use yeah. leverage, to leverage people and to like, what can I get out of you? You know, yeah. what can you do for me? You scratch my back, I scratch yours. And it's just, it's always that kind of a thing, like rat racy. And uh, well, I, I don't I don't mean always. It's always that kind of a thing. Yeah, but yeah, in many cases, in many cases, that that becomes the um, the way that these things work themselves out. And uh, but that's what we're that's what we're here for, you know, and whatever we do. And, and uh, you know, we can get into it because I know that you've um, you know, you do some stuff in terms of uh, business and entrepreneurship as well. And, you know, whatever it is that we that we have, whatever it is that God has called us into, whatever that sphere of influence that every individual person has. Um, it is so important that we look at that as an opportunity to serve. How can I serve the people around me well, you know, in this position that I have? And I think that that actually becomes, you know, a recipe for for advancement and for increase. Whereas, like, if I'm just focused on my advancement, then, you know, there, there's like all kinds of things that can go wrong because ultimately I'm doing it in my own strength and I'm just trying to like almost like use other people to get me to where I'm going. Yeah. But if my desire is to serve, then, um, you know, I think that everybody benefits in the process yeah. of that. Yep. So, that, so that's super cool, man. So you've been um, in this position for a few years now, you said? Yeah, three and a half years. 
That's awesome. And uh, uh, what else do you have going on? I know you, you have this company that's um, you do the 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 tie is it Tigerwood Oak Products? Yeah, um, Tiger so Oak you, Wood Products. Yeah, it kind that. of started as a, a little bit of a joke. My wife showed <laughs> showed me uh, my wife showed me this picture on Pinterest of something she wanted me to make for her, like some like a little bit of a like a wall decor item, and I kind of like yeah i can make that and um you know my dad is a contractor so i have some tools and you know learned some things over the years from him and so i um i got some uh old wood flooring old oak wood flooring and, and made her something and posted about it on you know social media and some people asked me about making them things and then kind of spiraled out of control from there uh, so I've been doing that uh, for about a year, just a little bit of a side hustle, uh, about a year and a half. It's been fun. It's a little creative outlet. You know, I don't know if, how long it'll last or whatever, but um, I've enjoyed it, and it's been uh, been a good ride. Um, again, yeah, it's kind of came out of a little bit of a joke, trying to prove to my wife I could make something. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, was that the first thing that you've been involved in like that, like using your hands? Or is that something that's, that's you've always enjoyed? Like, did you did you grow up doing building stuff with your well, hands? I always, and... Yeah, I was always helping my dad, you know, on um, jobs he was doing. We'd always be working around the house. You know, in my own house, we've always been working on it, little things here and there. And um, so it's just kind of something I'm, you know, can can handle, so to speak. But um you know, it's not definitely an area of expertise, but it's just something fun that uh, creates some little side income. Um, and I've enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I had fun. I've had fun doing it. Um, but interesting enough, I've the most fun I've had is, you know, connecting with other people and, and finding, um, you know, wood suppliers and trying to figure out the market, what people are looking for um, and what the market can handle. Because you know, some of these people I follow on social media who do this across the ta across the country, it depends what market you're in. You know, you can sell a, right. uh, a black black walnut table in L.A. for $25,000. I wouldn't be able to do that around here. Um, but around there, you can, no problem. So it's, you know, a little bit of trying to figure out the market um, sure. and, and how it works. But, you know, I've always wanted to, you know, I... Jesse and I are always talking about entrepreneurial things. Uh, Jesse's had a couple. Uh, she, she owned her own salon for a while uh, in Hamilton, and um, she's done some some other things too. So, and it's something we want our kids to be able to be exposed to. Uh, you know, working for yourself, yeah. and um, you know, we watch Shark Tank as a family <laughs> and, um, every week, so we get kicks out of that. We're always, you know, I'm telling my kids always. You know, if you can solve the problems that you have in life and then sell that because everybody else has got the same problems and yep. the ideas that come through on Shark Tank are some of these things are so simple. Uh, so it's, it's been fun to, you know, expose my kids uh, to that way of thinking about things. It's something I, I, we enjoyed. Yeah, man, it's interesting, too, because we, we do the Shark Tank thing as well. And like it's so funny because so often the the products that do the best and that you see the most value in are the simplest things like you just you see something that like for some reason nobody's really thought of it before but when you think of yeah. it 
Um, you know, it could be so, so simple. Like there's little things like, like little, these little, like, I remember one is like this little metal attachment that you could like attach to the end of a hose and then like, you know, things like that. That's like, that's, that's such a simple thing. It's like a vet, like it's, it's not even like a difficult thing to design. Like if you know how to do that kind of stuff. And, um, but you know, there's all these applications for it, right? Like, yeah, and, yeah. and so all these applications to license it in different ways. Oh, so yeah. it's cool. Like I've, I've, um, I've loved like that kind of stuff, watching simple things like that, where there's like entertainment value, but you yeah. learn, you know, as well. That's why I listen to Gary V. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> stuff like that because I don't, listen, because I don't like, let my kids listen to Gary V, but I do it. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> well, like with Shark Tank, you know, one of the ones that really stuck with me, is this young kid, college kid, he would go golfing, and in the pro shop, he would never find a golf shirt that he really liked. Everything uh-huh. was so was so bland. So he started, I think it's called Bad Birdie. He started uh, making his own golf shirts with different designs, and he would limit the runs of those, so there'd only be like 500 available. And so it became kind of an exclusive thing. And now he's, you know, multi-millionaire times 10. And it's simple mm. things like that, you know, and, and I've run into things like that where, you know, I can't find what I'm looking for. So I'm thinking like, well, I wonder if there's a market for something like this, you know, and so much work involved. But, you know, if you can think of ideas like that and, um, you know, trying to train my kids to think that way, um, you know, if you can't find something you're looking for, make it yourself because other people are having the same issue. All the issues you have are common to everyone. Um and so you can solve some problems along the way and help people at the same time and then make, make yourself an intern. sure yep. for sure. Yeah. And I think that goes back to the same thing. Like we were talking about a second ago, you know, like if your focus is on people, if it's on problem yep. solving, if it's on adding value to the people around you, then like that really becomes, um, such a, such a steady platform that you can build on. And, uh, and I just, I just think that, um, like, I don't think I know, like God is so creative. There's so much creativity that, yeah. you know, as just, just talking from a, from a spiritual standpoint, as sons and daughters of God, that like we can tap into the creativity of God. And, uh, you know, Proverbs tells us that he gives us witty invention and Deuteronomy tells us that he gives us the power to get wealth and, yeah. you know, all these things like he, he, he gives us ideas. He gives us insight even into things like this situations and problems and challenges that people are dealing with so that we could come alongside and we can have a, a, a creative, you know, kingdom minded solution. Yeah. And that doesn't mean something that's like super spiritual. It means something that's practical for, for the moment, you know, for the yeah. people that need that solution. And so, you know, sometimes that's something like that's gonna, you know, make somebody's life better in terms of, you know, something that that's needed in the world. Um, or sometimes it's something like really, really simple, like you said, like a, a, a certain kind of like a golf shirt or whatever that just yeah. adds value by bringing enjoyment or, sure. you know what I mean? That kind of a thing. And so whatever it is, um, I, I think that so often we miss things because we super spiritualize them yeah, because we true. belittle the little things. We, we yeah. overlook the little things. And so, yeah, I just think that as as the people of God, like we should pay attention to those things pay attention to those like random thoughts that come into your head like oh what about this and not to just like shrug those things off and be like like ah whatever like that would never happen kind of thing but no like maybe god is showing you something maybe he's you know he's 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 giving you an idea because there's something there yeah yeah and i learned that over the years um 
Jonathan Welton. I learned that from him about the creativity of the Holy Spirit. Lance Walnall will talk about it a lot. And then um, I don't remember Mark Calkins from Elam. He would always say, you know, there's always a solution. Whatever the problem is, the Holy Spirit is right there with the solution. And, you know, and even with my job now, um, sometimes I'll, I'll bump my head against the wall a little bit and trying to figure some of these sure. um, opportunities out um, and investment strategies for the community. And, you know, I try to default back. I, uh, Jesse's um, very prophetic and um, try to get some of my mentors to pray for me, some other pastors. And I know there's a lot of people praying, um, you know, as I'm in Utica and in the area and trying to be patient for the Holy Spirit to show me things and not get ahead of myself too at the same time. But knowing with, the, with always with that in mind, you know, how can I help these people through this uh, process at the same time too? That's awesome. I love that. I, I should I should mention, Joe, um, your beard is on point, man. <laughs> That's legit. It needs, it needs a fresh trim. And I'm, I'm thinking about the uh, I get a little gray here in the chin. And I'm thinking yeah, about man, I, I'm thinking about just for men, to be honest with you. Yeah. Thinking about I it. I see that you have way. I've I don't know. Like if you if you look at the side, like I have a. Lot oh, yeah. Look at gray. you. Yeah. I have a ton of gray. Yeah. yeah. Man. It's pretty crazy. That, You've only that got next a little child, bit that next child will put it on you, no problem. Dude, yeah. It's gonna just be straight white <laughs> by the time I'm 40. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. But for anybody that's listening and can't see this, you're missing out because Joe's <laughs> here. <is crazy. laughs> um but yeah, man. Uh, oh, I, I also saw well, let me do this. Let me bring this up. So Alex Seidler commented here. And he said, I have so many questions about Doge. <laughs> yeah, little Dogecoin action. Um, oh, wait, what am I doing? I didn't mean to do that. How do I get rid of this? Uh, I don't even know how to. I'm trying to take it off the screen. I can't figure out how to get it off the screen. Well, anyway. I guess it's just going to be stuck there. <laughs> I can't figure out how to get rid of these comments. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah. So, and you, and you mentioned it too, like the getting into the crypto investing and stuff like that. How long have you been into that? Well, you know, I had been doing that um, after I graduated from Regent as a job for two years. I was like an assistant financial planner. Oh, that's awesome. And I learned a lot. You know, the market was literally you know, tanking. Um, and it had, we hadn't done that in a while. So it was interesting to be a part of that. Um, and then, you know, learning how people view their money and how people view risk. And it was an interesting process. So I had a little bit of a background and then, um, you know, with kids, you get busy, you just don't think of anything else. So, um, back in the winter and spring, I had joined a, um, stock, trading group um mm -hmm. through um, a person uh, jess and i um a follow on social media who we trust and that was very eye-opening uh, i had a really enjoyed that um i was on there for six months or so really enjoyed it a lot um every day there was a stock call and i was able to hop on uh after work and learn a lot of things and at the same time um was hearing about crypto 
and reached out to um, you know a couple people I trust and who I'm connected with through work and through some relatives. And so, you know, very small investments, but mm-hmm. it turned out it turned it was fun. It was a fun little ride. And now there's some I have some things that are more long term, you know, hopeful things. But I think with crypto and I think with a lot of investing, um, you know, when you have a chance to put money in, put it in and let it sit for a while. Um, unless you're, you know, making it your profession and doing day trading. Mm-hmm. But I always remind my I see these memes on social media, you know, like about the, the kid who spent like, you know, 10,000 Bitcoin on four pizzas like, you know, like right. 10 years like 10 years ago, I keep yep. telling myself, Joe, do not become a meme. Don't sell. Yeah. Just be patient. You're not. Yeah. It's not my job right now. Day trading. It's just a put, put a couple bucks in, um, you know, all the stimulus money that's come out. Put a couple bucks in. Let it sit. See how it works out. Um, I mean, it's not everybody's strategy, but for me, it's just um, it's been interesting. It's an interesting thing. Um, and I. And this is one thing that I learned on the stock call. You know, as industry continues to change, you think about Airbnb, you think about mm-hmm. Uber, you know, the biggest, the biggest, um, you know, taxi service in the world doesn't own one car. The biggest right. ho- hotel company in the world doesn't own one room. It's the way industry changes is fascinating. So as things keep evolving through government regulation, through mandates and through other things, other solutions will pop up, other opportunities. And you go back to some of that Holy Spirit creativity. Things are going to come across your path that you have to be ready to jump at. And that's another thing um, with the financial stuff. When opportunities present themselves, position yourself in a way where you can take advantage of them. And sometimes yeah. you know, we've all been there. Um, you know, Some plastic will get in the way of creating opportunity. And you're in the hole and you can't do anything and you're not ready to jump on opportunities that come. And it's for me, it, sometimes it's tough to see other people be successful when I had that same opportunity, but wasn't able to take advantage of it because I made stupid mistakes. So, you know, obviously it's all learning experiences. But again, I always tell myself, don't become a meme. Don't yeah. don't you know, don't sell too early. Don't hold on too long. It's it's tough to feel it out. But. There's a couple things there. Like, I'd be interested, you know, looking back as always, you know, hindsight is 40-40. And, you know, where will we be in, sorry, where will we be in 10 years? You know what I mean? Um, If you look back at some of the other coins, it's just fascinating. Even I read this morning, or was it yesterday, that $1,000 a year ago would be $10 now, I think. I think it's either in, I think it's in Shiba. So you just, I mean, who would have thought yeah. that? You just can't, right. you know, you don't know. So yep. position yourself where you can take take care of these opportunities that, that present themselves. Yeah, man, that's that's really good. Like, um, it's pretty crazy. Like I was listening uh, just earlier, earlier in the week, I was listening to an interview with someone who's, uh, who's uh, the founder of a particular um charity a a large a large charity and 
they started receiving Bitcoin um, as, you know, charitable contributions. They, they started receiving Bitcoin back in, I think, like 2015. Yeah. Um, and at the time, like they took in some kind. He was just giving this as an example. They took in um, I think it was actually Tony Hawk. Um, he invested like 15 Bitcoin. And at the time, that was like 1500 bucks. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. And so what they what he did, like he treated it like a charitable contribution. Yeah. And so they cashed it in. They they cashed it in and they got cash and they and they used it for the charity. Yep. 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 Um, and uh, and then people like as they were pulling in Bitcoin, like larger investors, they started saying um, like, no, I'm not going to give you Bitcoin. Like I'll I'll give you I'll give you cash, like the, the equivalent of Bitcoin in cash. I'm not going to give you my Bitcoin because you're just going to sell it. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. wait, wait, what? And so he had to rethink it. And he was like, hold on. If I would have held on to those 15 Bitcoin, just for example, there's a lot more than 15 Bitcoin. But of course, if I just if I had held on to those 15 Bitcoin till now, that wouldn't be 1500 bucks. That would be what? Stupid uh, like money. Si Stupid 63, money. 63K per like yes. right now. And so so now their strategy is like they actually started a funding pool of like uh, investors that want to throw in Bitcoin. Um, and cool. what, what's really cool is that like you can do 0 0.005 yeah. to Bitcoin. You know what I mean? Like you don't you don't have to have a lot of money to be able to, you know, operate in the crypto world. Yeah. But like he was. um but like their strategy is to hold it until at least 2025 and yeah. it's just in a separate account and they're yeah. just going to wait un until it accumulates to something that's way bigger and then eventually start using it to, to fund things. But um, but it's like a totally different mindset and way of thinking. I, I just literally I just recently got into crypto, like investing at the at the beginning of this year. So sort of like during the pandemic when stuff started yeah. happening yep. and um I've learned a lot through, well, I, I, not, a, not, not a lot, a lot, but I feel like I've learned a lot, but a lot of it's just been through like making bad decisions. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> like thankfully yeah. not with large amounts of money, but like sure. making bad decisions, like you said, waiting too long or, you know, buying yeah. too late, that kind of thing. And just yeah. doing those things. And it's, it's, you, you can't know and people, people act like they can predict this stuff and no. there's like models that you can follow, but like. No, no one really knows what's going on. I, I don't think. I don't think anybody actually knows what's going on. I agree with you. So, but it's, um, but it's fun, man, and it's cool, and it definitely seems like that the world is moving in that direction. So, yeah. to kind of, you know, be on that, be on that path. Have you gotten involved at all with um, anything with like NFTs yet? You know, I just had an idea a couple weeks ago, um, and so it's. It, you know, it's um, I'm working with a friend from high school. Um, I was uh, I'll share it with you. I don't I don't care if people copy it, but um, um, I have all my old baseball cards from growing up. Uh -huh. I was I was a heavy baseball card collector and Ken Griffey Jr. was my favorite player. And so recently I was, uh, Topps Baseball has an, an app for like digital card trading, but they're not worth, yeah. it's not worth any real money. It's just in the app, it's worth, you know, tradability and stuff. So learning about NFTs a little bit, you know, listening to Gary V about it, trying to figure out what it is and how, to, how it works. And I kept thinking to myself, what if I could make my baseball cards into NFTs uh -huh. and then I could sell them? So I talked to a couple of friends who are knowledgeable and they liked the idea. They said, you have to 
make it an artist rendition because of copyright and trademark issues you gotta alter the card enough to make it a piece of art and not just a baseball card so i talked to some some more friends and um some of them liked it some of them didn't um and i and you know thinking about entrepreneurship and gary v and you know and then you know niching down to you know a really focused market so i'm kind of pursuing that a little bit um you know the people who spend money on nfts have money to burn generally right. speaking and a lot of those people um like the rarity of things have some nostalgia from card collecting probably themselves would be my assumption um you know card collecting was a big thing for everybody growing up and you know yeah. going back 60s 70s 80s everybody was collecting cards so i i think i might I might stumble upon something we'll see the thing with me is i have a million ideas and uh -huh. pretty much pretty much none of them ever hit <laughs> <laughs> but i'm not afraid to try something to explore it to you know try to figure out um if it'll work i mean my wife jesse just begs me to stop thinking of things and just pick something and do it and so it's just always the pursuit of wondering what we'll what we'll do and and having the momentum and the enough perseverance to follow through on some things but so we'll see yeah i find it fascinating though. i mean people are paying just dumb money on stupid stuff ridiculous <laughs> ridiculous it's, fascinating. it's 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 crazy it's like the yeah uh well but i i, I love that i think that you're um i think that that's that that's that sort of entrepreneurial you know spirit within you that's like you know ideas and and thinking about you know strategies and solutions to different things and just having ideas and then like not being not not allowing fear to you yeah. know stop you from trying things and there's going to be like with anything with um with entrepreneurship it's a little bit tougher in investing like if you fail too many times in investing like you're going to be broke but <laughs> but you can but as far as like businesses and things like that go like you can start something um, you know, you can try something that doesn't work, try something that doesn't work, try something yeah. that doesn't work. And then like once something works, like it can work so well that yeah. it sort of covers all of your, you know, whatever losses took place or, yeah. or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, I think that for sure that that fear factor kind of, you know, limits a lot of people and, and causes a lot of people like not to go after things because, you know, just for the fear of like, what if it doesn't work? And what if I yeah. waste all this time? What if I lose money? What if this? Yeah. What if that? And I for sure, you know, understand all of that. But well, you um, have to, I think you I also think have to, you have to weigh your time investment. I mean, time is so crucial. And then any any parent, you know, you especially and me especially can see how fast time slips by. And so if you're trying to think, go through an idea and it's taking you away from your family, mm. you know, you really have to weigh um you know time investment and and how it affects other things in your life your life but um and that's what i try to think of when i come across an idea you know how, how much do i got to put into this you know all my other responsibilities you know it's definitely a challenge for sure but it's cool like with the with what you saw happen with um the 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 woodworking products you know, the way you saw that work was like you started you, you started putting something into it 
and then you saw that there was something there, right? Like you, you spent some time, you worked on it. Um, I'm sure you invested some, something into it, yeah. but then you saw that there was like, there was some traction there. There were people that were interested in it. So then you started, I imagine you, from there, you started going into it a little bit heavier, you know, just kind of yeah. like pushing it, pushing it a little bit further yep. and recognizing that, that there's something there. And so, yeah, I think, I think part of it is that like sort of, you know, maybe you have an idea or you have something and, you know, kind of like feel it out a little bit and see like, um, see what's happening. See like, okay, God, like, is your, is, is your finger on this? Is this something that you're breathing on in my life right now? Is this something yeah. that, that you want to use? And, uh, you know, not everybody has to go, you know, all in on something right from the beginning. You can kind of take those steps, take your time a little bit. Like you said, like, don't blow up your life and, <laughs> and sacrifice your family yeah. for the yeah. sake of, you know, something that you're interested in doing. But, yeah. but yeah, I think that there's different, different ways depending on, you know, where people are in life. I think if you're, if you're young and single and you don't have a lot tying you down, you can kind of yeah. take the Gary Vee approach to a lot of things and just kind of go like a million miles an hour for for 18 months uh, until that thing is blown up. You know what I mean? But not everybody's in that stage of life. And uh, you know, some people, they, there's, a, there's just a different approach. And, and like we, like you were saying earlier, the creativity of God, like for every individual person, it's an individualized thing where if we can sort of get his heartbeat and, and follow him on, on the, on the things that he's bringing into our lives, then, um, you know, I think we can be, you know, successful in that. Absolutely. Definitely. Dude, well, I wanted to ask you because so you just recently climbed this uh, mountain, right? Bro, bro. So I want to talk about that. Tell me a little bit. Well, what you know, that's that like? another idea I have. Speaking of a million ideas, you know, I see a lot of um, I'll call them men's movements on social media. Um, I don't know if you know Sean Whalen, uh, Ryan Mishler. Um, these guys are more. I think they're more of a Mormon background, but they are you know talking about adventure masculinity kind of like wild at heart type stuff uh -huh. and i i think of the church a lot you know i've been in the church my whole life um there's a lot of men just sitting in the pews not doing anything they have a nine to five and they come to church and that's it and they're not really pursuing the things the lord and holy spirit have for them so uh, i was thinking about that kind of all summer um thinking about you know at some point and the lord did this you draw a line in the sand um not only for yourself but society does sometimes and you know with everything going on politically and all that stuff you know where is the church where is the men in the church and what are they doing about it and mm. for me it was a lot of i don't see anybody doing nothing i don't see anybody doing nothing yeah, and I, and I, you know, I follow Lance a lot. Um, no, no pun there. Um, but you know, Wall now he'll say, you know, it's time for the church to do something. Like, well, what do you want us to do? And so I think for the church and for men, especially, there's been a demasculinity of of society a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so going back to um, the Bible um, and seeing what some of these guys did david um yeah bud i'll be right there so anyways I, I wanted to pursue some of my dreams and one of those is um the adirondack mountains in new york state 
there's a club called the 46ers and it's, you got to climb the 46 highest peaks. Um, and, um, they're all around 4,000, 4,000 plus, um, feet, not crazy high. And, um, so a friend from high school, who's a surgeon in Syracuse, he's done 40 of them and he reached out to me. Um, and so I, I jumped in with both feet and I almost, uh, couldn't make it <laughs> <laughs> almost, but you made almost. it almost. I put it out there. That's one of the things that have been on my mind, you know, growing up in Syracuse. Um, my family owned a camper. We would go up to the Adirondacks all summer. Um, but I hadn't that we'd gone on hikes, but never hit the, you know, hit the high peaks. So I really wanted to, to do that in my, and be one of, um, uh, be one of accomplish that goal. So, I kind of put it out there on social media, just, you know, talking for the sake of talking. And my friend from high school, strong, you know, real close friend, reached out, said, you know, let's go in a couple of weeks. And I was like, okay. And so I'm, I'm, I'm really out of shape right now. Like really out of shape. Um, you know, I've had good times and bad times in the last 15 years. And mm-hmm. now it's not a good time. And I, we had gotten, the family got sick we hadn't been sick and, you know, we didn't go anywhere for a year and a half. Right. And now that people are doing stuff. So we all got a cold about three weeks ago. So dealing with that, you know, coughing and whatnot. And, but uh, I said, what the heck, let's give it a try. Let's, you can always stop and go back. Right. On the trail. You know, you don't have, you're not, right. you know, so I was just wanting to see where I was at. I wanted to try. And I'm not afraid to fail. Like I said earlier, here's a bunch of ideas. Let's try them out, see where we're at. So he, this my friend Alex picked the mountain. And um, I, I read a lot of blog posts about it. You know, people have been doing this for years. Six miles in, pretty easy, you know, path. Two miles up, pretty challenging. Two miles down. And actually, you know, uh, I don't remember Joel Berthat from Elam. Yeah. Uh, Joel's a 46er. And really? so he had, yeah, he finished up last summer. He had some advice for me. Um, everybody said, this is, <laughs> yeah, this is not awesome. the one, this is not the mountain to start on. <laughs> but it was not, I didn't choose it. My friend chose it. So I'm like, we'll just try. So I did it on Saturday. We went up, stayed the night in Tupper Lake, got up at five. Hit the trail 615. Um, we got, you know, did the six miles in. And we, so that wasn't bad. You know, it's a walk in the woods, so to speak. We got to the base of the mountain and we, and we started. And about halfway up, I'm just kind of thinking to myself, oh boy, what, what did I do? And I would, you know, I was watching where I step in and I'd stop and I'd look up and I'd say some words in my head that are not, kid friendly and Uh, i would just be like i cannot believe this is what i'm doing (laughs) and my legs were burning my quads were burning and i just kept i was going real slow and my friend was real kind to me he was waiting for me he'd be up ahead and i just keep going a little bit at a time and it took us much longer than normally should take somebody but got to the top 
really enjoyed it. Um, physically, it was probably the hardest thing I've ever done. Well, um, and then you know, coming down was a lot easier. Uh, I know some people say coming down is the hard part, not in my case. And, um, and then walking back was exhausting, but uh, it was uh, 6.15 to 5.45, so almost 12 hours. Um, it was cool. Wow. And I, you know, I, I, everybody know, you know, cause I put, I put a lot of stuff on social media. So everybody at church was asking me, you know, and my goal with this is to, um, create it, um, create an opportunity for other people to do the same thing, to challenge themselves. You know, I had this idea about, you know, men's leadership, men's adventure, wild at heart type stuff. Going up the mountain, I'm like, forget all that. I'm not doing this. This sucks. But then when you're done and you have the accomplishment, you're like, you know what? As hard as that would, I would try again. I would do that again. I would, I'll keep pursuing my goal. But when you're in the middle of the process, it's just so difficult to, to get a sense yeah. mentally yeah. Of, of really what's going on. But when you complete the task, and I said that in my post on Instagram, you know, I overestimated my ability to do it. I underestimated the task, but you, you can't give up. You got to keep trying. So, um, and I heard from a lot of people who are 46ers, you can't describe those climbs. They have to be experienced. And I thought of what a great analogy for, for men. You're stuck in your nine to five. You don't like your life. You hate your life, but you have to get out there and do something that's going to challenge you because I can't explain to you what freedom looks like or what freedom feels like. But when you're doing yeah. something that invigorates you, when something that keeps you alive, when you have a relationship with the Lord that gets you excited, then you're really li living in a freedom, a life of freedom. And so I have a really strong passion to do that for other people. Um, and so, you know, it's, we're coming into snow season. Um, so I'm planning, you know, the next one for mid July. Um, uh, try, <laughs> I can't believe I'm even saying this, but I'm ready to go for again. I can't, I still can't feel my legs. I can barely get out of the chair. My legs are burning. I just took four ibuprofen 10 minutes ago. It's killer. My legs are when, what, burning. When was the climb, Joe? How many days ago? Two days ago, Saturday. Oh, two days ago. Okay. Well, that's normal. Yeah. This is like, yeah, no, it's going to be, and I was, it's going to be worse tomorrow. <laughs> well, I, I was chained. I was chain smoking cough drops the whole way up. We stopped at the, uh, we stopped at the gas station before we went on the trail. I got a cup of coffee and I got Dayquil and that powered me up the mountain. And it was just, it was so intense. And you know, part of this is I'm I'm glad I want to experience those things with other guys, with, with other friends. And, um, you know, I've talked to some of my mentors about it. And um, it's just a fascinating concept to me to, to, to go out on a limb and challenge yourself that way. I wanted to do it when I was in it. I thought to myself, how could I want to do something like this? But then again, when I accomplished the task, I was like, Let's do it again. Let's go and try again. And so it was fat. It was a fascinating little mental exercise with a physical aspect. <laughs> For sure. For sure. That's great. Cause I love what you were saying about, uh, you mentioned earlier about the fear of failure and, um, you know, so often, well, you, what you said was that you weren't, you're not afraid, you're not afraid to fail. So 
you know, like I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to take this task. I'm going to stand up to it. I'm going to go for it. Um, and like, I think that that's so important. Like, um, I love what you're saying about men, but not just men, but for everybody to have things that we're going after and pursuing in life that are not easy for us, like to step outside of our comfort zone and to purposely go after things that are difficult. You know, whether it's just like what, whether it's what you said, like something that requires, um, you know, some like pretty serious, you know, like mental um, strength to keep going, physical strength to keep going. If it's just like, you know, deciding to go to the gym or to like go out and take that walk around the block or whatever it is, like even if it or if, even if it's just like a mental, you know, undertaking that kind of a thing. But whatever it is, we get we get so in our heads on stuff and we put limitations on ourselves and say, I can't do that. Or I, I, you know, I can't, I'm not made for that. I'm not built for that. That's too difficult. I can't, or it's just too hard. I don't want to, but like, I just think that that's so important for us in terms of growth to consistently take ourselves outside of our comfort zone and to go after stuff. Like I remember, I think it was just a couple of weeks back and I, I guess it was um, maybe this, this climb was part of the outflow of that. I remember you posting something, right? Like where you were saying, I want to start going after something new. Yeah. Give me some ideas, that kind of thing. And I think yeah. I said something about, you know, I was thinking about getting into jujitsu and like yes. you responded, you were saying like, that's something that you're yes. interested in as well. People were talking to you, suggesting mountain climbing. And I think um, I remember you even responding somewhere along the lines. And you said like, yeah, that's going to be the the thing that I go after next or like yeah. the first yep. thing that I try or something like that. And um, it's just cool, man. That mindset of, like okay i'm i'm in life right now and things are good what's the next thing what's the yeah. next step i think to like constantly be asking ourselves what's the next thing how can i disrupt my comfort zone now so that i can continue to grow um yeah. you know what i mean and uh, oh, yeah. grow at grow as a person grow as a person grow you know mentally spiritually physically whatever it is and to go after those things i think it's so important for us to um, have things in life to overcome. And, oh, yeah. uh, and, and so, sometimes those things come at us naturally. <laughs> like there's nothing we could do about it. It just happens. Yeah. But, but sometimes I think that we've got to be intentional about that, you know, um, because yep. it does build like a mental strength and toughness that helps the rest of life not seem quite as difficult, if that makes sense. Yes. Yep. Like It, it helps us to, be able to like engage with one another in relationships. And so, you know, I, I think, let me just go there for a second. I think that, um, if everything's easy for us or if like most of life is easy for us, when small challenges come up, we'll be really quick to, to run away from them. Oh yeah. We'll be quick to dismiss people, for example, in our lives yep. because, oh, it's just too challenging to make that relationship work. It's too challenging to make that marriage work, that friendship, yep. whatever. Yep. It's too challenging. Yep. I'm just going to dismiss that. But when we're used to overcoming things and when we're actually it, it, like have the mindset of being of intentionality when it comes to like breaking through and to stepping yep. outside of our comfort zone, I just think we're more prepared to deal with those regular challenges that we face in life to not run away from things, not be afraid of things that are difficult, but to, you know, attack those things and recognize like, this is just another part of life. It's something yeah. that we've got to deal with. So let's, you know, let's attack it. Let's go for it. Yep. No, I, I absolutely agree. I mean, 
<clears throat> there's a, a, a try to balance, excuse me, <clears throat> you know, understanding <clears throat> adversity and how to handle it and how to mentally approach it, you know, and going through, like you said, little things, are you going to give in? Or are you going to dig in? And, um, you know, with relationships, we, I see it all the time. Um, you can't be afraid of confrontation. You can't, it's, it's not necessarily always a bad thing. Um, I remember, um, you know, things happen in life and you can't interpret it always as the end of the world and you can't respond, you know, that this, that this thing or that thing is going to ruin your day. Um, and it could be, there's a million stories like that, but, um, you know, the physical challenges we give ourselves are so rewarding. Um, because when you're doing things like that, it creates a, a mental challenge at the same time. Yeah. Um, and it makes you, I really think it makes you stronger. Um, you know, having four kids and going through the birthing process with Jess, you know, all of ours, all of our kids were induced and they all wanted to kind of cook longer. So, you know, she knew when she was going to be induced, but the mental, the mental challenge of knowing what you're going to go through and still going and having to go through that. It's yeah. And now with, with the hiking, I mean, listen, for all the people out there, I'm not comparing giving birth to a child to hiking up a mountain, <laughs> but <laughs> that was, I'm gonna a, get that hate was an mail Joe, for sure. <laughs> You're going to be out of government so fast. <laughs> but, you know, now knowing how incredibly difficult that was for me, I mean, in the future, I'll be in better shape physically, but it'll st it's still going to be a challenge. And all the people who I talk to who are, who've hiked a lot, who've, you know, climbed a mountain a lot. The 46ers said, you know, they're all hard. There's no easy out in this. It's going to be challenging and that's okay that it's challenging. Yeah. Why would it, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be an exclusive club if it was easy, you know? And, and, and so I'm looking forward to the challenge. I mean, I've gotten one done out of 46. It's going to take me another 10, 15 years to do this. And that's the part of the reason I want to do it now is because my kids are starting to get older. I want my children, same thing with Shark Tank. I want them to learn about entrepreneurship, about trying, failing, creativity. The same thing with the hiking. I want them and the mountain climbing. I want them to experience physical challenges that you are on a trail. You have to make a decision. Am I going to really keep trying or am I going to give up and turn around? And it's okay to give up and turn around, but it's okay to press on when it hurts too. And yes. so, you know, that's something that Jesse and I want to incorporate that with our kids. Um, and we're, you know, mapping out next summer and trying out some, you know, medium trails for them to go and do it together. Um, but it's all, I mean, everything translates to everything else. And so the things you're trying to do, um, you know, and even with, with schoolwork um, and, you know, and some of the sports or some of the ballet, you know, things like that, it's not going to be easy all the time. And so you have to mentally prepare to deal with those difficulties. That's so good. I love uh, I love the example of that and the idea that, you know, there, there's always we could always come up with reasons not to do something, yeah. you know, reasons not to grow. But you're like, let's go after this. And, you know, you could you could allow the family issues, not issues, but the family, um, you know, obligations and stuff like that to get in the way. Yeah. It's like, no, let's just let's get the family involved. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, th I think that if we actually try that we can find solutions, you know, to the, to the excuses that we often, you know, put up, I think that we, that we can be so quick to make excuses, but, you know, seeing that, okay, if this is something that I want, or if this is something that I believe the Lord is saying to me, you know, um, if it's a passion I have, it's a, if it's a dream I have, let me stop making excuses about it. Cause when I make my, when I make excuses too early, I, uh, I, I feel hopeless about it and I let myself off the hook. But if I refuse to allow excuses to be sort of like the go-to in my mind, but it's like, okay, instead of saying, I can't do this, let's start, you know, asking the questions like, how can I do this? You know, Absolutely. what adjustments would we have to make in order to make this happen? And then yep. from there, if you decide that it's too much, if it's too much of a challenge right now for the season that you're in, then you can yeah. say, okay, well, let's put that on hold. But at least yeah. it's not this thing. You know, I just think that if we're not careful, we can train our, our brains instead of working through problems we yeah. can train our brains. What, what did you say? You said um, you said dig in or uh, Don't give, instead of giving in, dig in. Yeah. Instead of giving in, digging in. Yeah. So we can train our brains to do one or, you know, one or the other to like, yeah. I'm always just giving in to those first excuses that come my way or yeah. like. Um, you know, just giving up, running away from the from the challenge or like I'm actually going to engage with it and then, you know, see if there's something there that's worth me actually pursuing. I think I don't know. Really one cool. of the things that I, I, is on my list of things to do, however you heard of it, is 75 hard. You ever heard of that? Mm -mm. So no. it's this it's this uh, mental and physical uh, movement. This guy wrote a book about it. You do um, 75 days. Um, you work out twice a day, 45 minutes each. One of them has to be outside. You read 10 pages a day of anything. You got to follow, you know, some sort of diet or food plan or something. Um, and you got to uh, drink a gallon of water a day. So it's a little bit of mental, a little bit of physical, but it's yeah. a time consumer. I don't, you know, um, you know, and Jess and I talked about it over the summer a lot. You know, it's from going from nothing since zero to 75 is, is mentally, I just can't get my head around it. And if you miss anything or cheat, then you have to start all over. Really? So let's say you're at day 40 and you have, you know, I don't know, a Snickers bar and you got to start. Or if you miss a workout, you got to start back in Dang. the beginning. So she's been going through it. She's on week six. So I was supposed to start today, but I pushed it off a little bit. I'm going to start later in the week because I can't walk right now. But <laughs> but that's one of those things where mentally I don't see how I can do it. But I know I can. You know, if if I prioritize, change things, if I dig in and try something hard, it's okay to try something hard. Um, it's the same type of thing. It's the same type of thing. It's you know, and I've heard this before, you know, when people will want to do something, but say they don't have the money. Sure. Do you really not have the money or you just spend it in different ways? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And so I think when people who say they don't have time, which is one thing I say, all the time, I have four kids. Mm -hmm. I have a demanding job. I got a house I'm working on. I got responsibilities at church. Do I really not have time or could I just wake up a little bit earlier? Could I go to bed earlier, wake up earlier? You know, those types of things. So. I think it's just a matter of prioritizing, but at the same time, challenging yourself to see what you're made of, to see if you can dig in. And that's one thing with the with the hike. I kept saying to myself, I'm not afraid to fail. I'm not afraid to not finish, um, but I want to see where I'm at. I want to see if I can tough it out, um, you know, and the blisters hurt. 
I couldn't feel my feet at the end. Every route, I wanted to just scream ex explicitives, explicitives, and you know, curse out nature. But you know, kept going. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and didn't stop. So, yeah, none of us, none of us like challenges and conflict and hard things. But one one benefit of them for sure is that when we face something, it does show us what we're made of. Like it does yeah. give us give us insight into whatever it is, like what, what we're made of physically or how much we've grown, you know, spiritually, mentally, whatever, you know, when we go through something that's difficult, again, whether it's something that just comes to you or it's something that you're intentionally going after, it, it gives you insight into, you know, what needs to shift, what needs to change. And maybe sometimes we run away from that because we don't want to, we don't want to know. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> we don't want to well, know like, be, I mean, because we don't want to be faced with, yeah. That would be the fear of failure. People who don't want to fail sure. don't try anything. They don't do anything because they're yeah. afraid they're going to fail. You got to be at a point where you don't care. I was not afraid to say, you know what? I can't do this. We're halfway up. I got to turn around. This is I can't do this. I was okay with that, but yeah. I was also okay with being like, I'm going to tough this out. I'm going to really get going. Let's go for it. Yeah. Even as, as I mean, I was going super slow, and my friend was being very kind. He was waiting for me. But I wasn't going to stop. I was not going to stop. I wanted to get to the top. I knew it was eight miles back. And it, <laughs> it was going to be incredibly hard going back down. But I was not going to give up. But it, but again, I think it's okay to give up. It's okay to find out where you're at. That's good, man. What's the, what's the reason behind the six miles in? Is that just like you can't, you're not allowed to camp closer than that? Or is there something intentional <laughs> behind a, like there's a couple a that's just that just happens to be that mountain. The um, you know, the um trailhead is um where it is, and you gotta walk in six miles to get to the um okay. you know, Karen to go up. There's a couple uh, my friend told me there's a couple others like that. Um, you know, the Adirondack wilderness, you know, there's no motorized vehicles a lot of places. Mm -hmm. um you know there's no chainsaws so to speak they try to keep it really natural um actually i found out yesterday a, f a person i'm friends with uh, near lives near me he's a 46er and he actually keeps that herd path uh for the group and goes up twice a year and makes sure you know that's accessible with tools that you need um so that's just part that was just part of that specific climb it's not always like that um some of them you just jump out and the trailheads right there and you start climbing but this one and again i didn't choose this one he chose it i had no clue you know i'm like ah six miles i can walk six miles bro i was exhausted <laughs> exhausted the Dude, six I'm miles sure. back was was hell you like when is this gonna end yeah felt it's like forever man. It was well, cool. congratulations, man. That's awesome. Thanks, That's Ron. not a small thing. That. And it's awesome that you that you did it, man. You got that first one out of the way. And it's awesome. Very, very cool. It was fun. Uh, just a couple of shout outs here before we wrap it up. We shout out to Alex already. Uh, Titus, man. Titus sent a message here. I was reminded of my first ride I had with Joe Wicks on my break, heading back from Rochester to Syracuse to visit my family. So what would that have been like 20, not, not 20, like 15 years ago? Titus, probably. Titus is Something the man. Crazy like that. Titus, man, that's awesome. You know, I'll, I'll awesome. say this about Elam and my time there. I loved every minute of it. 
I had a blast. I know not everybody does, and that's cool. But sure. I had um, Jesse and I talk about it all the time. I had a great group of friends. I love the professors. I love the um, the way they set everything up. There were some difficulties. There's some challenges. Um, I really had a good time. I really enjoyed it. I'm glad I went. Um, lifelong friends. Um, you know, and, and, and again, it wasn't always easy. Um, I didn't always agree with all the decisions that were made. But Jess and I, you know, had a, we both really talk about a lot about how fun we had there and, and how life transforming it was and not even life transforming, but life forming. Um, yes. And set us up for all these things that have come next. And, and like yeah, Titus, brand comedy. I mean, there were, I mean, there's just an endless amount yeah. of friends. Uh, and, you know, and I'm, I didn't have social media back then. I was one of the uh, holdouts for a long time. Um, but now being able to connect with people that way, um, I appreciate social media for that, staying in contact. I really do. It's awesome. It's awesome. The, I, the I agree here. with you too on the uh, Elam experience. I mean, I, I, I loved it, man. I owe so much to, of like my formation and, and all of that to Elam and yeah i had a great experience man the, the first year was a little bit was a little bit tricky yeah. for me because of some decisions that i made and yeah it was a little bit yeah, tricky, my, well I'll, I'll second that my first semester alex and i were in the same hall um i had a i had a interesting roommate situation that was new to me uh, i'll just say i'll share that much and uh but there were some awesome people on that hall josh whippy Dave Gucci, Mark Matarana, Ben Clark. Like, yeah, we yeah. had, like, the all-star team of Halls. <laughs> That's awesome. So it was, it was fun. It was the Lord. He did it all. You know, we had a good time. We called it the That's Failing awesome. Fred House. <laughs> the Failing Fred House? <laughs> yeah, Failing uh, Hall. Failing Hall, man. I, I said to someone, because I was on Failing Hall in my junior year, like, that's got to be, like, the one of the greatest oversights in, like, college. Yes. They <laughs> call the whole hall, the whole building failing. <laughs> failing Hall. It's not it good great. for morale. But it, was, but it was awesome. Those are, like, the smallest rooms ever. Oh, yeah. Um, it was, it was I, was with, I was with Josh Hogenkamp in Failing Hall junior year. Yeah. It was pretty nuts. Another, another Jersey loser. Another Jersey, awesome dude. <laughs> Except he's from South Jersey, so I'm just kidding. Another know, whole country. Bit, it's a little bit different. He's an Eagles fan, so we'll just. That's right. Yeah, my Raiders beat the Eagles yesterday. I forgot to text him. <laughs> uh, rub his face in it. Of course, no, it's like it, it. It's hard. They're they're just our division is just garbage at this point. So it's whatever. It's we don't whatever. even ever like literally for the last two years, Josh Hogenkamp and I have not been mean to each other about football. We're just like, nah, everybody's yeah. terrible. Yeah. So like there's it's not even worth it. I love it. <laughs> it's not even worth it. Um, but yeah, Joe, I appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, thanks for all that you're doing in the just in your community and, and the example that you're setting. And uh, I, I really do appreciate what you were talking about as far as like wanting to set an example and wanting to 
make decisions in your life that could maybe cause others to look at what you're doing and the challenges and obstacles that you're overcoming and the things that yeah. you're going after and look at those things and say, you know what, if he did it, then I can do it as well. Sure. And I just think that that's so cool. Kind of um, just going back to what we were talking about at the beginning, just that mindset of serving uh, with in whatever capacity that the Lord's um, open up those doors for us to serve. I think that that's awesome. So I appreciate your heart, man. Appreciate your time. Thanks for being with me, even like with the challenges today at home with like the the kids being sick. Never ends, like bro. I, I do. Never ends. Uh, is there anything, man, that you would want to uh, direct anybody to as far as social media or anything like that? Are you interested in anybody well, checking anything in particular out? No, I just think, um, you know, in today's day and age, I'm, I'm really appreciative that you reached out to me to be on here. Um, you know, if I think if if anybody wants to, to talk about whatever, I'm, I'm available. Um, you know, I got a busy schedule and I might have to reschedule a couple of times. But, you know, if, if people have things they want to talk about or talk through, you know, I, I'll make myself available. Um, I just kind of came to mind as we were going through things. Because um, even though we have social media, I know people are dealing with depression and loneliness and, and all those things. Um, you know, and, and I'm, you know, I'm blessed with my relationship with my wife and my family. Uh, but I know not everybody has that. So if, if um, you know, if people want to... Um, you know, you know, you hear it all the time. What you see on social media is not always <laughs> what is the, what is actually perceived to be true. Um, sure. You know, I try to be as honest as I can on social media, but you're just getting the highlight reel. So, if somebody wants to reach out, I'll, you know, I'll be I'll make time for them. Awesome, man. What where would uh, what would be the best place? Would that be Facebook or Instagram? Oh, or I don't be care. The best place for people to. <laughs> so just wherever, wherever yeah. on social media, we're just searching for for uh, for Joseph. You'll find it. <laughs> <laughs> just look for the the fullest beard when you, yeah. when you search for Joseph Wicks on any social media platform, yeah, and uh, and that'll be the one. That'll be the one. Uh, well, thank you, man. Um, Thanks, give my dude. best to your wife and your family and and everything. Um, I'll talk to you soon, brother. Be All blessed. right, thanks for having me on. See you, bud. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Bye. Have an awesome day. We'll see you next time.